Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. It's time to be new and then go ahead and grab a seat. Thank you, band, for leading us so well. Appreciate you guys coming and serving and connecting with God in, in worship together. You know, we, we can read a scripture like we just read together and we can take a moment and we can hear verses or conversations you hear about this old to new. And man, if you're anything like me, you're probably just like, I just don't feel new all the time. That sometimes I can hear about this old to new and I can get a rally about it, but how many of you know sometimes new doesn't always mean the old is gone? Doesn't always feel that way, at least. And I was thinking about this um, as we were going into this series and was just thinking about, it was about a year and a half or so ago, my wife and I decided that, not, we actually didn't decide, we got one of those phone calls from our mechanic and that's never a good thing, right? You get a phone call and you're just like, please don't let it be anything that costs money. I just want an oil change. You know what I'm saying? You're with me, right? And we had to make a decision. He says, hey, your car, my sweet, beloved 2007 Toyota Camry LE, come on somebody, was like on its, its last leg. Like this is one of those 07 Camrys with the, not the 70 mile an hour speed wobble, but like the 55, 60, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we avoid highway, right? It was one of those, one of those conversations and it's like, okay, well, we gotta, we, we gotta do something. We gotta to get a new car. And so we go to the car lot and we're like looking around and that's a fun experience, you know? Like can't wait to go to the car dealership and buy a new car. And um and so we're going there, and I've just been thinking about that. Like, what if we, we bring in the, the 07 Camry and we decide, like, okay, cool, we're going to buy this car. Maybe you decide you're going to buy the car and whatever it may be. But then down the road, you, you realize, wait, I left, but I left the car I just got, and I'm still driving the 07 Camry. Like, I, I got the new thing, but I decided to drive off with the old thing. Like, how ridiculous is that? Right, like that would be ridiculous if, if, if I'm standing here today saying that that's what I did. You guys would all like throw stuff at me. But I think of so many ways in our lives that we, we have the new car that we've received, but we've never left with it. In regards to our faith with Jesus, we've called Jesus Lord and Savior of our lives. And the Bible tells us, we just read, that therefore those of us who are in Christ We've been reconciled to God through Jesus. We're a new creation, but sometimes the old is just right there and we're still living in the same way. Still driving the 07 Camry when I got the 14 Ford Edge. Come on, right? Like better gas mileage and no speed wobble. At least I haven't found the speed yet that gets the wobble. And I think old to new, talking in this directional shape, I think a lot of us were sitting in our old wanting the new, but not knowing what to do to get there. We've been given it, but now what do we do with it? And I think maybe some of us even, and myself included, I've got a past that I'm not proud of. And I think today and in this series, if you would commit to being here, if you would commit to tuning in online, if you would do whatever it is you have to do to be here, through all the weeks of this series that maybe, just maybe, 
the new life that's promised can actually become a reality. In fact, what if today, like what if today was the day that you walked out of church and you said, you know what? I know what I can do to become new. What if today you said, you know what? From this point forward, my, my present is actually going to be a past I'm proud of in the future. Are you with me? Instead of ashamed of, I wanna be proud of it because I'm making some decisions. I can't change one thing without changing multiple things. I need to, to shift in this old to new kind of way. And so today I'm gonna give us just a couple ways that we can, we can begin to take this on. The title, if you wanna take notes, by the way, you wanna own your new, which is the title of the message, is to take notes. Come on, somebody, own your new. You wanna own your new, I'm gonna give you two different ways that we can do this. And these are really practical, really easy ways for us to be able to shift, but it's gonna take us that word, I just said, something to shift. We wanna break free of the old, we need to own our, our new. Sounds great, feels great, but something today I think we're gonna be able to be, be changed by, by with the word of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16, it tells us, so from now we regard, meaning we think, we view, we have a different perspective. We regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Now, Paul is writing this, remember? And so Paul's writing this. Now, Paul was a person who was a Pharisee who, would, who was literally going out there trying to kill Christians. In fact, his life changed when he was on a, a mission to kill them. On the road to Damascus, we'll talk about that later on. And so he's on this mission, and I can only imagine that like when he's thinking about this, as he's writing this to the Corinthians, he's like, hey, you're a new creation, because he's looking back at his past experience and saying, hey, you know what? We can't view people the same way we used to. Because if Paul viewed people the same way he used to before God came and changed his name, he'd be viewing them with a target on their back because he's gonna take them out. And so what, I, what, I'm, what I'm encouraging us with today is this first point that I need you to write down is to really, if we're gonna own our new, it's to think about what you are thinking about. Think about what you are thinking about. What are you thinking about right now? Right, we all have thoughts that are going through our minds. Studies show somewhere between 6,000 and I found one that was like way bigger than that. It was like 30,000, which I don't even understand. So somewhere between 6,000 and 30-some thousand thoughts that we have every single day. So what is it that you are thinking about? Because I think so often, at least for me, when I'm having those high-level conversations, if you know what I'm talking about, it's because I didn't think about the action that I was going to do. In fact, the thought came to my mind, but I just brushed past it with an emotion. And I just acted on something because I wasn't taking the moment to think about what I was to think about. To take a moment to say like, wait a minute, is that, a, is that the right thought? Listen, if we're a new creation, we have a new mentality, a new mindset, a new way for us to move forward, a new direction for us to be able to, to take a, a forward thinking process with Colossians 3, 12, or 3 and verse 1 and 2 says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is. Where is he? He's seated at the right hand 
of God. And so now we're, we're, we're posturing ourselves, knowing who Jesus is, knowing where he's at. What's our minds? It says, set your minds on things above, on things above, not on earthly things. So I'm gonna set my mind on things above. There's chaos all around. You don't gotta look too far to find it. You don't have to have too many conversations to realize that their world is crazy. But you know what? I'm thinking heavenly things. I'm thinking of things above. I'm aware of my surroundings. Don't get me wrong. We're not like head in the clouds kind of, no, no, no. I'm aware of what's going on, but I'm setting my mind on things above. And what you set it on, you will build it on. And so where are you thinking? What is your mindset? What does it look like? What are you thinking about what you're actually thinking about? Are you taking a moment to say like, wow, this is a great decision? Or just like, I just did it and now I look back and I'm like, I can't even believe I thought that. I would never have think to do that, but actually you did. Because every action begins with a thought that we have in our mind. But a lot of times we just miss it because we miss the, the thought process there. It's important for us to think about what we are thinking about. Romans in 12 and verse two tells us to not conform to the pattern of this world. What's the pattern of this world? Conforming, you're, you're blending into something. The pattern of this world is this endless pursuit of status, the endless pursuit of the little blue check on social media, the endless pursuit of pleasure, the endless pursuit of possession. Don't conform to that pattern. No, no, it says don't conform to the patterns of the world, but to be transformed. Think of the word transformed. It's not just like, oh, you lost five pounds. Well, that's great, right? Like all your old clothes probably still fit. No, a drastic transformation is like, hey, you lost 60 pounds. Nothing fits. You got to change everything. It's a drastic change is transformation. How do we have the drastic change? It's by renewing our minds. Think about what we are thinking about to say, you know what? I don't want just a a nice, good, clean Christian thought. I want to change everything. I want it to be different. And when you renew your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. It's his good and pleasing and perfect will. We need to think about what we're thinking about. Our minds are so, so impactful in, our, in, in the things that we do. And it's a piece of like our, our bodies that we don't even like, like it's our mind. We don't even think about it, right? We think all this other kind of stuff with our bodies, all this kind of stuff, but our mindset is so important. In fact, if you look at history, if you look at history years and years, all the way really from the beginning, almost every battle or war is because of real estate. The root cause of all of them, most of them rather, is because of real estate or because of territory. Well, what's the real estate and the territory that the enemy is after? It's not your toe that you just stubbed on the couch. It's your mind. He's looking here. How did he deceive Eve in the garden? He started talking about these desires and kind of painting this picture of this false reality that he could never actually fulfill. And he's deceiving her in her mind. It's one of the only tactics that he actually uses is deceiving us in our minds. He's like, did God really say you can't eat from that tree? Did he really say that? Oh, he knows that when you do that, you're gonna see things. You're gonna have 
that, that knowledge. You're going to have something different. It's these mind games that the enemy plays with all of us. And he will continue to play with it. Play with it. Even when we have this new creation, even though I've given my life to Jesus, I have to think about what I'm thinking about because if not, I can be deceived. And when I'm deceived, it's easier for me to fall into the trap. The thing about that is it came to her actions and she was much easier to be fooled because the deception started in the mind first. Time and time again, I hear from people as I'm sitting down, having conversations, having a cup of coffee, having whatever it may be, and they're just like, I just can't believe, Will, I, I, I let go of that thing. And it's been weeks and months and years, but for some reason, I keep falling back into the old. Why does that happen? Well, the Colossians 3 tells us to put to death anything that belongs to our earthly nature, our old nature. And really through the conversations that I've had, I'm just being honest, we're having a conversation. The root cause of it all is because the root thing that they're holding onto still is on life support. They thought they buried it, it's still alive. God's saying put to death anything that's holding you you back. And can I promise you that if you put something to death that actually God wants you to have, he will resurrect it. He is the king of resurrection. He will bring back to life whatever you need to bring back to life. Don't try to revive something that doesn't need to be revived. Let it stay dead and move on, move towards new. And with Adam and Eve in the garden, in fact, I think one of the, one of the hardest things that they, sorry, one of the easiest things that they could have done that they did not do Sure, they were deceived by this false reality of what, what could be from the enemy, but one of the things that they did not do was take a moment and ask God. The enemy's like, hey, no, no, you can have that tree. You can eat anything from it. And guess what? This is gonna be all the things. And they never took a moment to say, hey, God, you told me I shouldn't do that. But this serpent thing is telling me I should do that. What should I do? They never took a moment to ask God. Can I tell you, when you have the thought in your mind that's like, man, should I go to that website? The thought will come, take a moment to ask God. Should I have one more drink? Take a moment to ask God. Should, should I go down, should I send this picture? Take a moment to ask God. And if it aligns up with what he would want you to do, if you actually take a moment, guess what? He will give you what your step is. Take a moment to think about what we are thinking about. Should I go do this? Well, I don't know. Did you ask God? Did you actually truly not just like, God, should I have this drink? Sure, here's my money, right? You know, you're not just, take a moment to ask God. So how do we stay stuck in the old? It's one shortcut at a time and the shortcut is never asking the Lord. And the shortcut of sin, the thing is, is when you take the shortcut of sin by you taking the shortcut of not asking the Lord on a decision that you need to make, guess what? This actually begins to take you. And it pulls you away from the desires of God, pulls you away from the new life that he has for you. And it's important for you to think about what you're thinking about. Paul also encouraged the church in Philippi. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, that's 
what you should be thinking about. And so that's a filter process for us to say, okay, cool. This is something that's going on my mind. Well, is it true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy? Well, then fight back, and this is what I'm thinking about. In fact, Paul later writes, he says, the peace of God will be with you when you take what you've learned and see, and then you put it into practice. We love to take what we've learned, write it down in a notebook, see that amazing thing, and then we shut the notebook and see a Sunday. But it's time to put some work in, team. Like it's time to put some work into what we would have, and I can promise you every single time that I, I work for the peace of God in my life, meaning I, I do the things that I'm learning and I see that, and the peace of God fills into my life in a fresh way, I know I'm owning my new. I know I'm operating in the new creation that God has given me because I'm doing the things that he says, if I do, I will have the peace that comes. And it does not, something I will understand. I just feel peace in those moments when I'm taking the time to say, God, should I do that? No, okay. I feel the prompting, I shouldn't do it. I feel the prompting, I should do it, whatever it may be. We need to think about what we are thinking about. In 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 and verse 20, it says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. And the, we are therefore, right? We already read the verses prior to, but let me remind you, we are therefore meaning those of us who are in Christ. We have a relationship with Jesus. We've said yes to the invitation of him into our lives. Therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors. It's as though God was making his appeal through us. And we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. The second way that we can own our new, the second way that we can walk up out of here and say, you know what? I've got some old near me. I'm gonna know what I need to do, put it to death. I'm gonna think about what I'm thinking about. And the second thing is you need to own your position. God has called you. He saved you and called you. What did he call you for? To be Christ's ambassadors. Christ's ambassadors. Listen, every strong family has great values. And one of the values of the kingdom is to be a Christ ambassador. What's an ambassador? It's a person who represents. It's a person who, who's a promoter of a specific, specific activity. I'm representing Jesus. I'm promoting Jesus. I'm a Christ ambassador. And I love this because that means I have a part to play. That means I can actually do something with my life. I don't just say yes to Jesus and sit in solo, kick my feet up. I got a job to do. Like, that's awesome. And in verse 19, we read, it says that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. It's like as though God was making his appeal through us. Like God's using us to make his kingdom bigger. He does the saving, but it's up to us to do some of the work as well. We're representatives of Jesus. We show the grace that's been given to us. Listen, hidden grace is not good grace. Let it be shown. You've been given something. Don't put it in your pocket, tuck it away for a rainy day. Guess what? Tuck, put it, show it right now. It's time to go. You're not boasting in anything you've done, by the way, because you didn't do it. Grace is free. We can talk about the things that other people do pretty easily. Well, great. Jesus did it for us. So let's talk about it. Let's share what's going on. Listen, Christians, we don't sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. We don't. 
I'm, I'm not showing my grace for the forgiveness of sins. No, Here, here's what this means. Jesus, if I'm Christian, if I've called on Jesus as Lord and Savior, I believe that what he did, his life, his death, and his resurrection on like everything that he did, I just believe that what he did takes care of all of my sins. I just believe it. I just trust that he does. He's the living sacrifice. And because I trust it, I'm saved. And then in that moment, God's just like, hey, welcome to the family. Hey, you're here. You're part of it. We've got some family values. Let's do some housekeeping. Your chore list looks like this, right? You are a Christ ambassador now. You aren't just some, some nobody. I'm gonna change some things about you. And so he's like, hey, you've, you've got some stuff to do. And part of the things you, you do is, is sacrifices. You're gonna have to sacrifice some things because we're in a different family. We, we don't look at the world the way that we used to. We're, we're, this is different. Different family, different values. They might look and sound the same, but they're a little different. There's an eternal purpose for what is happening. So I don't sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. I actually make the sacrifices in my life from the forgiveness of sins. Because of what's been given, I operate from that. And so, so I, I show the grace that's been given, not because if I show the most grace, I'm gonna be the most saved. No, I'm already saved. I show the grace because grace has been given to me. And because of that, I can express that elsewhere. We are Christ's ambassadors, like the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's sitting at the right hand of God. He's calling us his ambassador. Like, come on, that's amazing. Like he chose me, he chose you to be his ambassador. And I know it can be so easy because it's so much easier to share the deal we got at Kohl's. Like the pink drink and the oil and all this kind of stuff. We are so quick to share those types of things that we might profit from, some things that we might get value from. And listen, I'm not bashing those things. Some of those things are great but can we be just as quick to share the grace that's been given to us? Can we be just as quick to say, you know what? Hey, hey, work is great, but I'm an ambassador for Christ. Let me talk to you about it really quick. Let me just say hello. Let me just be somebody who, who is, is an ambassador for Christ because all of those things are great, but guess what? They're all gonna burn. They're all going away. But eternity changes everything and eternity comes through Jesus and we can be that person. We are that person's ambassador. We're part of the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of bringing people back to the God who saves. The same God who we read about, the same God we sing about, we're bringing people that back to that God. And that's why I love today, because it's Baptism Sunday. Come on, it's Baptism Sunday. It's one of my favorite things, because it's not just some people and some chunks in a t-shirt getting wet. It's not. We are at baptism. Here's why I love baptism, because the Bible tells us these, there's two different sacraments that Jesus participated in, okay? Jesus participated in communion, and he participated in baptism. And he says, do these things to remember me through communion, and then do this to show that the dead things are dead and the new life has come, right? That the, the point of these things, and so we're not just eating a little cracker, because it actually doesn't taste that good, let's be real. We're not just drinking a little bit of juice because I can get it somewhere else. But in that moment, we're remembering what Jesus has done, but we're also inviting the same spirit of Jesus into this place. 
And so with baptism later on, like it's gonna be after our next service, like the presence of God is going to be invited into this place in such a real and tangible way. You could almost cut it with a knife. And it's people just saying, you know what? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired with the old. I wanna be raised to new life with Jesus. And so here's the thing. If you've made that decision to say yes to Jesus, you've never been baptized before, I'm just gonna stand here boldly and maybe it might be uncomfortable for you, but I need you to get baptized today. And that might sound weird. You're like a pastor calling for need. Here we go, here's the money talk. No, I don't care about that. I need you to get baptized today, why? Because there's gonna be someone who you know, someone in your sphere of influence that says, wait, that guy? Oh, he can, if he can be saved, Judy, we got it. Come on, let's find out. Listen, your sphere of influence needs to see death to life through water baptism. And you might not prefer it. You got your nice t-shirt on, your whatever it may be, but guess what? Don't, we don't need to let our preferences rob us of the paradise that God would have us open up. So I need you to get baptized. Like after, after this service, you talk to some of our team members out in the lobby, out up front here, you figure out, get yourself signed up, let's go. Let's go, and guess what? This weekend, like this week at work, hey, how was your weekend, right? Everyone always asks that question on Monday and Tuesday. Oh, my weekend was great. It was baptism Sunday, let me tell you about it. I went shopping, sure, but guess what? Jesus still saves, let me tell you. I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm a teacher but I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm a mechanic, but I'm still an ambassador for Christ. I'm unemployed, but guess what? I'm employed now. I'm an ambassador for Christ. And I got something that's going to last for forever. We don't need to be weird about it. We can just say what? Come and see. Come and see what the Lord has done through me. Come and see what he's doing in this, this place. We own our position. It's changing our mindset to say, this is no longer a playground. It's a battleground. And guess what? We are fighting darkness with the light of the world on our side. We are Christ ambassadors. We might not feel like it, but if we make all decisions based off feelings, guess what? We won't go anywhere. Because feelings fade, feelings change. They're fleeting. They're gone like a vapor. We set our minds on things above. We set on something that's a firm and foundation. And if you're like me, I can get so caught up in the efficiency of life. Go, 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 like blinders on. I'm reading my Bible, I'm studying, I'm doing my things, I'm taking time to pray. Like, like my stuff is taking care of God. And I'm just looking at the efficiency, like how quick can I go, boom, 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 right? Anyone else like me? But God's saying, I'm looking for my kingdom to expand. I need, I've called you to help welcome more people into the family. You've got a, a job now. You've got a, a purpose in your life. Listen, God, he cares. He does not care about your mess as much as he cares about you saying yes. Everything God does is an invitation for you to partner with what he is doing. It's an invitation to say yes to Jesus. It's an invitation to say, you know what? I'm gonna own my position. It's an invitation to say, you know what? The old, it just ain't good enough. Thanks for the upgrade. I'm a new creation. And I'm gonna say yes to what you're doing. I think about this with, in, 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 the, in Acts, 
uh, Ananias, not, not, not the one who stole from the church, the other Ananias, the good Ananias, come on. He, he's in this moment and he's the one who ended up going to meet with, with Saul, who then became Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament and, and had this, like the person we're talking about right now, like he had this encounter with, with the Lord and he just said like, yes, like that's me. Then after a little d- dialogue, he goes and he actually prays and lays hands on Saul, scales fall off and the whole world changes because the gospel was advanced. And I just keep thinking, what if he said no? The prompting was there from the Lord. What if he said no? Well, God, could God have used somebody else? Sure. But what if they said no? What if they said no? What if the next person said no? What if the next person said no? What if Pastor Colby and Kristen said no? To starting this church some 10 years ago, like what if they would have said no? God's inviting us and the promptings that we have that are in our lives, like, should I go pray with that person? It's a prompting, it's a little nudge. It's like, should I go, like, like this person, they look like they're, they're crying for some reason. Well, go sit next to them. You kind of feel that? It's a nudge. It's an invitation. You're not just like picked up and planted there. You can say yes. And on the other side of you saying yes could be somebody finding Jesus. And that would be you representing Jesus as a Christ ambassador, owning your position. The other side of you saying, hey, you know what? I, I, I don't wanna get wet, but for some reason I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna figure everything else out afterwards. Lunch plans are canceled. Oh, well, no big deal. I'm just gonna say yes. Could be somebody seeing you and saying, wait a second. It can be me too. Listen, it's easy for us to be Christians on Sunday. It's a lot harder for us to be a Christian on a Monday. But it starts with us just saying yes. Yes, I will own this position, this new life in Christ. I will receive it. And I'm not just going to, to take the car and buy it and, and, and drive off with the Camry. No, 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 I've got something greater. I'm leaving the old behind. I'm dry, I've got something new. I'm a new creation. I'm gonna think about what I'm thinking about. I'm gonna own my position position that God has given me as Christ ambassador. And the method might be different, but the message is the same. We're ambassadors for Christ. Would you stand with me as we close together? I've been thinking about this as we come off Easter and one of Jesus's last words, as he's hanging on the cross, he says, it is finished. It is finished. And him saying that allows all of us, regardless of our past, regardless of our sins, regardless of our screw-ups, regardless of anything we've done, it allows all of us to say, I can walk now in the presence of God. That I can go free of shame, free of guilt, free of, of anything else that I'm holding on to because he said it is finished. It's not a license for us to keep going in our old ways and to keep sinning and to keep doing the things to keep living in that way. No, it's an invitation for us to say the old actually has gone and the new actually has come. That we can live in this new life 
with Jesus as we think about what we're thinking about, as we own our position. We say, you know what? I'm gonna own my new today. I'm gonna walk out of here different. We pray for us, God, we come before you, we thank you. God, we just, in this moment, know that God, that there are decisions that we've been swirling around in our minds. God, maybe there's even decisions that we're about to make today. And God, maybe we haven't taken a moment to just ask you, should I do that? So right now, church, I wanna give you a moment to just ask the Lord. And I'm believing in the power of the Holy Spirit that he will give you the nudge, he will give you the prompting, he'll give you the response, give you the invitation for him to change the direction from old to new. So just take a moment, what do I say? God, should I do this? God, do you want me to take that job, to do that thing? You just ask him. He knows the desires of your heart. He put them there. And so God, would you open up our hearts, God, to see what you are doing? See how would you would use us to bring us from old to new. And in this moment, I know that there are some of you who the question that you are asking is, who is Jesus? This new creation, this whole, everything starts with this relationship with him. And the question that I'm asking is, do I have that relationship? Do I know him? The Bible tells us that Jesus, who's the perfect son of God, he came into this world to, to reconcile, to build a relationship. The Bible tells us that through his life, his death and his resurrection, that those of us who call him Lord and savior of our lives, that we can be set free. That the old can actually be gone. And because of his resurrection, the new has come and the new is here. And we can walk in the fullness of what God would have for us. And we can live a life that's not set on earth, but set on heavenly things. And because of the blood that was shed on the cross, our sins, our past, it's been forgiven. It's been forgiven. And the question maybe that you're asking right now is, do I know who he is? And you may be feeling this prompting in your spirit, maybe this little still small voice that says, come to me. And I believe that's God prompting you to say yes to him. And even in this moment of that, you might even feel a still small voice that says, you don't need that. You don't need religion. You don't need, no, this is all just head talk but God wants to change your heart. The Bible tells us as we confess that Jesus is Lord and savior of our lives, that we can be set free. So in this moment of prayer together, if you wanna say yes to Jesus, if the first invitation that you wanna walk away today from, that you wanna turn off online from, is an invitation to say yes to him to believe in faith that what he did matters for your eternity. Would you just be so bold right now just to raise your hand? 
to say, today is the day I'm saying yes to Jesus. There are hands all over this room. Praise God for you. Praise God for you. Praise God for you. For those of you who just raised your hand, I wanna encourage you to continuously invite Jesus in and continuously say yes. In fact, right now, we're gonna take a moment and pray together. In fact, as a church, family, online, lobby, in this room, wherever you may be, would you just come together in faith, encouraging those around us that are making that decision to say yes to Jesus and just say this out loud with me. Say today, Jesus, today, I give my life to you. I believe that you lived for me, that you died for me, and you're risen to new life for me. And because of you, Jesus, the old is gone and the new has come. Today, I confess you as Lord and Savior. And from this point on, I choose to follow you. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. And we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it. So please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.